Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online from the San Francisco Bay Area. I, like Ant-Man, am, am in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm John Agroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com. And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which I don't know, are there any superheroes there? Um, maybe firemen, they're the real heroes. He's a news and entertainment writer, Collider, not a fireman. It's Will Ash. Hey, what up? Long time no talk. Yeah, we're, we're actually doing this uh, before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out, which we're going to talk about, because by the time you're listening to this, I will be abroad. I will be over the sea uh, in a faraway land called Japan and Australia. Um, so we're doing this early and then releasing it, and you'll get to listen and do all that fun stuff. But uh, Will, are, 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 you could just tell the listeners, dude, are you going to miss me? I'll miss you. Yeah, of course. Well, you shouldn't, because I'm going to be messaging you all the time, uh, like okay. I did on on the Italy trip. Like, <laughs> I think I was what was I like, arguing with you about something in front of the trip you found? Yeah, yeah I, I would imagine you like in front of these historic, grand, uh, you know, Italian monuments, just arguing about Pokemon or some boring shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa's just like, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's like. Yeah, it sure is. Like, look at some warped <laughs> picture of Pikachu or Jigglypuff or something. Yeah, that's not too far off from truth, honestly. Um, but okay, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, we, so we both just watched this. Uh, you're a bit more fresh on it. You just saw it uh, earlier today. So I, you, have right. you had time to collect your thoughts on Ant-Man? I say that, and I wrote my review uh, right after I watched the movie. So I, I was going to say... I don't think, I mean, if Skidmarink is a type of film where you, I think you kind of have to sit with it a little bit and think on it. Uh, I don't think that's the case for Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not watching like, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania explained, you know, like, sure. I think you got it. Um, yeah, the, the, this is the 31st Marvel movie, 31st, which first of all, uh, I do think it's kind of fun that it's uh they have a lot of baskin robbins stuff in here because it's ant-man it's been a product placement thing for a while but yeah baskin robbins 31 flavors 31 marvel movies oh okay i, think I didn't even uh i didn't even catch it because i don't need i cream. doubt anybody did <laughs> hey what are you gonna do uh I, i'm certainly like we can do a, a quick temperature check on marvel cinematic universe and how we're sure. feeling about it i'm tired the fatigue set in a while ago, like a long time ago for me, even longer for you. But I know for me, I'm just kind of like, they need to switch it up here. They just need to like, uh, I don't know what they need to do. I, I have this feeling, and I was talking about this with Melissa after the movie. I, I just have this feeling that like, they, they got to stop, stop, start making fewer movies and maybe start focusing, maybe do some shows and stuff to fill in the gaps and keep it alive. But like, I just don't think they, they can keep this up. Like these movies, I don't like it, it's not it's not working. Right. Am I crazy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like phase four should have been the time where they break away a little bit more from the extended universe. And they're like, OK, we kind of set our piece with that. We, we gave it this, you know, climactic moment. And now let's kind of have fun in this world and kind of like look at the little nooks and crannies and explore some of the characters. They've been kind of doing that seen. in theory. They've been doing That's, sort of like yeah. more standalone stuff. It hasn't been like, oh, we're leading up to a big Avengers team up. It's really just been like they, they just exist in this universe and we're doing like little stories here and there. That's what it's felt like. Sure. I just I think phase four should have been like my favorite of these. And it easily is my least favorite because I think. Most, if not all of them, have been bad 
to disappointments. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly considering that, like, I know a lot of people have strong feelings on some of them, uh, good and bad, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness is the, the one I got the most out of. And it's not to say that kind it's better or worse than the, yeah, it's not to say it's better or worse than the other ones. I just feel like that's the one where it's like, okay, I'm more happy just because Sam Raimi got to do something for the first time in nearly a decade. Sure. And then sure. Song Chi, I think, was fine. You know, I thought it was like solid for what it is, but definitely not yeah. as good. Really as it good first been. half, pretty weak right. second half. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I feel like this one, uh, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, I feel like the fatigue is really kind of setting in for people at this point. Like, I feel like they're, they're they have stronger reactions to this film uh, because I think it's just weighing on them more. I feel like for me, though, I'm just kind of over it already. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really have any expectations for this. The only one I'm yeah. really looking forward to at this point is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Like, that's the only one I can really muster up that much enthusiasm for uh, at this point. Um, that's how I felt about Wakanda Forever, which wasn't bad, but it was kind of like I did have a sort of that's it kind of feeling with that one. I yeah. was pretty recent, but I mean, I don't even dislike the the Ant Man movies. I think they're both pretty fun. Uh, I like the Ant Man movies a lot. I think I'm I'm kind of like a sneaky like hyper fan of them to the point where I uh, so so when I watched this with Melissa and Melissa like hadn't seen the movies and I was kind of t- telling her like catching up a little bit on like what I think of them and like kind of some of the stuff that happened in them and I was like you know I feel like most people like the first one a more. But I've I've had more of an attachment to the second one. I've seen the first one more, but I remember the second one better, which is apparently very unusual. I feel like most people are probably like, really? You remember Ant-Man I mean, and the Lost more? But I really like that movie. Uh, I mean, you know, I was rewatching some of the first one before this one, so it is admittedly fresher on my mind, but I really don't remember the second one all that well. And I wasn't here to review it when you discussed it, um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like little bits and pieces of it, but definitely the first one sticks in my mind more. And that's not even to say that, you know, I, I think the second one is notably weaker than the other one. I think they're both about the same. I just, for whatever reason, just remember that first one more. Maybe because more was at stake. Maybe it was just a little bit fresher. It was more different at the time. They were yeah. definitely doing something a little bit like it, I remember that first Ant movie. It came out in 2015. It was kind of ashamed of itself in sort of a way. It was trying to poke fun at itself before the audience could. It's like, what? I can't be named Ant Man. Like it was trying to do that. The marketing was all about that. But I think like where it came through was a lot of it was an Edgar Wright's influence of like imagining the fight scenes and sort of the the transitions between the small world and the big world. A lot of that had yeah, the- Wright's fingerprints on it. And Pey- Peyton mm-hmm. Reed, to his credit, was able to like cohesively form it into an entertaining movie yeah i mean it had like that kind of b-movie charm at times but given a you know blockbuster budget but it also had that kind of like honey i shrunk the kids appeal where it's just like these are things in our normal life but what if they were huge and it's just like yeah i mean that's fun that's goofy yeah. silly stuff yeah fun climax and i thought like people didn't like the villain which i get uh and then i think that the villain was kind of one note in a way but i also I... I think Corey Stoll kind of kind of did really well at that. Like, I, I think like with what he was given. Oh, I thought he kind of ate in that first movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like he's like fun. Like he 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 doesn't get a lot to do as that character, but he's having a good time like, with weak material, and you can feel it. Yeah, and I don't really remember the villain of the second one, so I feel like that 
maybe says something there, but it was more like uh, the villain. They try to do something a little bit where it was like the weak spot of that movie is that like the, the, the villain is basically disabled, like with chronic pain. And there, there's a lot of conversation around like, you know, Sophia Batella's character, like, you know, is that kind of a, a, a bad sort of like representation? And, and I thought that was pretty interesting, but like, at the same time, I thought it was cool that they, they sort of avoided having like a very dastardly villain, a sort of like they, they were having a more sympathetic, like it's not about the villain. It's not really about that. It's more about like they're trying to to do something that is really hard to do. And they're trying to science the you know what out of it. But yeah, I, I think what I like about the second one is that it is a little bit more comfortable with how, you know, bonkers it can be and it kind of leans a little bit more into the spectacle leans more into the weird science and like the ants being such a big thing of it uh it's it's something that does carry over to quantumania in some small ways no pun intended Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i like the ant-man movies i think they're cool uh i think they're fun real quick uh i believe the villain of ant-man the wasp was played by hannah john Kamen, not uh not sophia batella i apologize um Uh, I, i i only saw the movie i think once or twice but uh, yeah, so just taking the opportunity to call you out. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. I remember who the villain is in this one. Uh, not not hard to catch that uh, because uh, it's certainly one of our, our rising actors right now. Jonathan Majors, who I, I didn't really make this connection before, but I mean, Majors has starred in three movies that have been some of my favorite movies of their respective years. Uh, last black man in San Francisco. First, first time he ever got on my radar was that film. That was my favorite movie of 2019. The five bloods a year later, my favorite movie is 2020, the Spike Lee film. And, uh, most recently magazine dreams, which premiered at Sundance. And right now that's my favorite movie of 2023. Probably is going to change. We'll see. But I, I thought that movie was phenomenal. So Jonathan majors also Lovecraft country. Uh, he was also in, um, I mean, he was in Loki, but I mean, that was kind of more of like a not as big of a note thing. And he's going to be in Creed three. So right. look at Majors go. He he's in the major him. leagues. Major league, yeah. Majors league. Majors league, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you were going to say something about Majors? Oh no, I just was saying it was a big year for him. It's going to be a big year, uh, and I'm excited to see where he goes. But I will say, <laughs> and I'm very curious to hear what you think about this. I think he's kind of miscast as Kang. Hmm. I'm I'm more split on it. I think you're right. I'm feeling that. I think he was way more entertaining as Kang in Loki, which I know you didn't watch, but he's doing that's something great. with the character in that that's I thought was more interesting. It was a little bit more unexpected. In this one, he's like, okay, I'm the next Thanos. Get it? Like you're supposed sure. to be afraid. Like this guy's tough. Like this guy's like, okay, he's not a walk on the park. But oh, you and I have talked at length about this. It kind of speaks more to I think my one of my main issues with the Marvel stuff lately has been, I don't care about the multiverse thing. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the way that they're using it to tell stories. I think there's a way to use multiverses to tell stories. We saw it with everything everywhere all at once. I think the way Marvel's doing it, 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 it just isn't connecting for me. It, I'm, I'm not feeling involved in the stakes of a multiverse epic sci-fi movie the way that I think like I, I could. You know, and I think like Multiverse of Madness, one of the nice things about that movie is there's not that much multiverse stuff. They only go to a couple places and it's not really about that. And like the good stuff about that movie, in my opinion, has nothing to do like the worst things about that movie is like when we're we had that stuff going on with like John Krasinski and like I I did not care. Like they they 
Sam Raimi found a way to make it kind of, you know, body horror-y, which was kind of nice. But for me, going into Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, I was like, okay, we'll go into the quantum realm. Like, that's the setup of the movie. We're going to have Jonathan Majors kind of doing the Kang thing, which is interesting because he's a multiverse kind of villain. But I was like, hey, maybe this means that there's going to be more to him than multiverse stuff. And, you know, like, I'm not going to give away how that all plays out. You'll have to watch the movie for yourself. But I just, I think that even with the quantum realm stuff, I don't know how you feel about it. And I haven't even said it at the movie. It's not that complicated. They go to the quantum realm. Cassie's a little bit older. They get split up, gang. You get it. It's an adventure movie. It's kind of like Disney's Strange World, but it's Ant-Man. Um, I don't care about the quantum realm. I don't think it's very interesting. Like, it, it's just kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, but also it's like a Rick and Morty sort of thing. It looks like Ralph McQuarrie's, like, paintings. Like, it looks like Star Wars, but even more specific. It's not really Star Wars. It's like the concept art for Star Wars that Ralph McQuarrie did in the 70s. That's kind of like what they're doing with like the costumes and sort of the production design, the backgrounds. So then it obviously will have a lot of Flash Gordon to it. And my thing is like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they have a specific tone to them. Like when you're watching those movies, you know you're in those movies. This movie, I thought it was like directionless. Like it was just a mess. It was a lot of different stuff just like clashing. It's like, look how weird. The only time where I was like, I like this. I like the the feel of this had to do with ants, which like the, those are your roots. And I, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what could have, I don't know if that means there should have been more ants. Maybe there should have been probably, but I, I didn't really like this movie. I didn't hate it. I, I liked per- parts. Of, I laughed a few times, but I walked away from it just being like, nah, like this, this just isn't, this isn't working. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was just sort of fine. I guess I, know at this point that it is, if not the lowest rated MCU movie, it's certainly one of the lowest rated. And like I said, I think that just kind of ties into people, you know, I guess maybe they have certain expectations with like phase five being a palate cleanser. And they're just like, okay, here's like where stakes are going to be established again and all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, like you said, like, I think at this point, this movie just kind of feels like a means to an end. Like it feels like, okay, we need to kind of set up Kang a little bit more. We need to kind of set you know, the chess pieces at play for what's going to happen in the future Avengers movies. But I just don't really care about that stuff. And so for me, the second half of this was pretty dull. Like I felt it was way too busy. There was just too much going on as far as like setting up stuff later on. I just don't really have any interest in at this point. And also, I just feel like that stuff was getting in the way of what has been appealing about these Ant-Man movies, which is that, you know, like they're kind of going for something deliberately and fittingly smaller scale. And it's like goofier and sillier. And, you know, like the stakes aren't always small, but they feel kind of small compared to stuff that's happening elsewhere in the MCU. And this movie just felt like it was so kind of tonally at odds with itself where it's kind of trying to honor that goofy silliness. Uh, And like you said, uh, it has that kind of Rick and Morty spirit because like one of the main writers for Rick and Morty uh, is a screenwriter here, Jeff Loveness. Um, So that's right. It has that, that kind of, you know, budding irreverence throughout. But then you, you have like Jonathan Majors giving, you know, like what's trying to be a kind of melancholic and soulful performance. But I just don't really feel at this point that Kang has that much going on. Like it just kind of feels like he's a power hungry megalomaniac. And I don't think he has like that pathos or tragedy that we saw in Thanos. 
And so I just don't really think that performance fits what's going on. It doesn't fit the film, and I don't think it really fits the character. And also, I just feel like, you know, it's not a bad performance in that respect, but it just kind of feels like either you need an actor who is a lot hammier or a lot more goofy with this, if this is the character you're going to present, or you need to kind of develop that character more and make him a lot more kind of fleshed out and have kind of more genuine, you know, pathos going on there. And it just kind of felt like they were stuck somewhere in between. And to me, like I was kind of getting with this movie for the quantum realm stuff. I guess that's where I kind of push back from what you're saying in that I was kind of enjoying the goofy character designs and like these odd little visual designs. I wasn't a fan of all the green screen. A few of the characters I liked. You weren't a fan of what? Sorry. Uh, all like the, the heavy green screen that we have. To me, yeah, uh, you, you already said all that. the comparisons that you said. But for me, uh, my takeaway is that this feels like what Robert Rodriguez's Forbidden Planet would be. Except that I feel like that's <laughs> yeah, giving the movie Spy too much energy, credit. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's giving the movie too much credit. But Because um, I feel like those movies have a lot more character. Uh, even something like Sharkboy and Lava Girl. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just... I, I felt like I was kind of checking out every time Jonathan Majors was on screen because it's just like, here's another long monologue about how he was slighted by Michelle Pfeiffer and how he's going to, you know, change time for people or that he's going to disrespect Scott. And I just kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't dislike what Jonathan Majors is doing here. And I actually just kind of feel bad for him because I feel like he's trying to do something greater with this material. And clearly he's at a place in his career where he wants to excel but I just feel like he's not really bringing the right energy to this film. I I kind of get what you're saying there. I, I don't think he's weak in the movie. I, I think ultimately. And like I don't either. Stuff, I just think it just I felt fit, I, I felt though he had a gravitas. He actually like to my, to his credit, he kind of like woke up the film for me. We're kind of opposite because up until he was showing up, I was like, what are we doing? I, I really just don't feel like the stakes are there. And they, he does make the character imposing. He does he does add something to the character there. It just For me, it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, I was going to mention that Jeff Loveness is also going to be doing Avengers The King Dynasty. Uh, so this isn't the last for that screenwriter. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned because my, my issue with this film mainly is that like I just don't think the emotional like beats are all that compelling. Like the the movie yeah. ultimately is like you know Scott has been resting on his laurels because he helped save the universe and he wrote a book and his daughter Cassie you know he's trying to reconnect with her because she you know they were separated for five years and she thought he was gone forever and he like watched her age before his eyes and like he missed like a big chunk of her childhood and they pay lip service to it they sort of are like yeah this is this is a thing there's a a clear issue with them they don't see eye to eye on certain things and the movie is trying to be about like them finding common ground her following in his footsteps but i gotta say it just wasn't there wasn't something really compelling about it drawing me in i I don't know if it was Catherine newton i think her performance is fine uh, I, I don't I don't know if it's because like her character feels a little bit like watered down compared to like the kid who played her. Like when she's younger, she's a bit weirder. She's a bit more precocious in a way that I thought was like different for a kid in these kinds of movies. And this she's just kind of like fake rebel teen. <laughs> like she's like, I'm when you're like, oh, my gosh, Cassie's in jail. Like it's supposed to be some kind of I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of silly and not and not the knowing way that Ant-Man usually is. But 
you know, it is a lighthearted film. I can't like fault it that much. It's trying to be a little bit more light. It's trying to sort of not be overly serious, which I I, I get. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of wondering about that recasting as well. And I thought maybe it might have been purposeful in the sense of like, this Cassie isn't the girl that he wants new. And that would kind of add to that conflict. Like you said, that rebellious spirit. Uh, Maybe that's me giving the film and Marvel too much credit at this point, but I think they just wanted a bigger name, you know, somebody possibly, you know, who yeah. can like be part of like young Avengers, a force, whatever they're going to do with her next. Mm. Cause she, she's going to be around. Yeah. I just, yeah, I didn't really, I don't know. They didn't really have that chemistry as much, I guess, compared to, uh, the previous. They episode. hugged at one point and I was just like, Oh, did they just meet? Mm-hmm. Uh, still yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I just didn't, I, I didn't really feel as, uh, that well developed for Cassie in this film. Like I felt like her character was kind of basic and I feel like the writing in general in this is not especially great. Like there's a couple of funny moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So some, some I, funny I really moments, like but stuff. a lot of the dialogue is kind of clunky. Like there, yeah. there is some like awkward delivery. Like you could feel, I think part of it is because the other movies were shot like in locations, like they weren't always in a green screen. And so like, I don't know. I felt like that, that lends the characters. Like it was probably a lot easier to film certain scenes in the other ant-man movies or to get the right takes and this one i bet that they were way more limited on like how much time they had and like there were moments where like the characters are kind of standing around each other like the staging isn't quite right in certain places and i think that's kind of the limitation of technology and like you can feel that i think like marvel's experiencing this like visual effects is in high demand right now and there aren't a lot of visual effects artists and it's not that marvel doesn't have the resources is that like the world doesn't have like enough people to do this kind of work. And so like these folks are like underpaid. They don't have unions for VFX. And it's yeah. just sort of like, it's a wild West in terms of like trying to make this stuff look good. And so I, I don't, you know, I, I certainly like feel for the people making this movie. Cause I'm sure they wanted to make the best movie possible, but true. I mean, uh, in fairness, uh, to the uh, you know visual artists, uh, I feel like a lot of these companies are kind of put under higher pressure because you know allegedly Marvel isn't always like uh, clear on what they want and they'll like kind of change things sure. on a dime and expect you know these things to be you know produced very quickly. That's and, what happened with uh, Shang Chi. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, I mean, I think that's also kind of lending to these sort of wonky visual effects. And like you said, they're just producing so much content and that they have, you know, such quick turnarounds at this point that, you know, these visual effect artists aren't given a lot of time to do it. And also Marvel tends to seek out like, well, can we find someone who can do it cheaper and quicker so we can get this ready as soon as possible, which is, you know, not the best way to get the best results. So I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know how much that plays into this. And I mean, uh, we, you know, I mean, I think there is a correlation between, you know, the effects getting worse and worse with the release of these shows, which I've liked a bunch of the shows. I've liked the shows more than the movies in phase four. I liked Miss Marvel a lot. I thought Hawkeye was a lot of fun. WandaVision and Loki were were knockouts, I think, in terms of like they're actually doing some interesting stuff. Some of the shows I think have been pretty. Uh, but, you know, like I think a better track record for the shows. And I know you haven't been watching them, so you can't comment on yeah. that. But like those shows have big budgets. Like the visual effects that they have to do for their shows, they're trying to make it match the movies. So like we're talking about like way more hours of content all of a sudden. 
And like, I think we're starting to see it. That's why I was saying before at the beginning of this, that I think that Marvel might have to take a step back pretty soon and be like, we got to make fewer movies, honestly, like some big event movies and then probably still do shows. But like, maybe they're going to be quicker to do like, let's just do another season of Miss Marvel. You can do a lot of it just in New York City. You you don't have to like have the cosmos reimagined in order to make that movie and give people a breather because I think people need it. Uh, I had heard uh, Kevin Feige say, I think they're going to try to roll back on doing the show. So I think they're trying to focus like, on doing more movies over shows at this point, which is interesting. Um, but in any case, and I don't know if that's just because I think people are kind of realizing that the streaming boom is dying and that they, there's not a lot of you know added profits from doing things on streaming as opposed to doing it theatrically. Um, well, and also but, Disney Plus is not growing as fast anymore. And yes. it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where the people who want Disney Plus, they, they have it and mm-hmm. you know they're not right. going to be able to charge people that much more for it. Yeah. And uh, I will say, I mean, to your comment, um, I did watch a little bit of Miss Marvel or sorry, not Miss Marvel. Um, She-Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk. Yes. And the special effects in that did not look very good from what I saw. So. Nah. Uh, I don't and it was think not that... even the worst that I think we've seen from the shows, which is saying something was, that would okay. belong to Moon Knight, in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of find myself annoyed when like they have you know these opening Marvel credits now, and I see some of these streaming shows in the bunch. And I'm like, get that out of here! That wasn't on the big screen. Why are you putting <laughs> this in my logo? Yeah, they showed Miss Marvel, and uh, which I think is great. I think Miss Marvel is really fun. Oh, um, was Miss Marvel yeah. in there? I just saw Moon Knight, and I was yeah. just like, get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. Moon Knight, I was a little bit like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, what are you but, doing? Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, it's funny, right? Like we, we're the Eternals. I, I don't, I don't think I've seen the Eternals in the uh, anyway. It's so yeah, they've <laughs> just forgotten all about them. Yeah, where's Jon Snow? <laughs> yeah, I just want them once to pass that, like whatever that huge thing that they froze in the sky in the end of Eternals. That giant, mm-hmm. you know, monster man or whatever. Acknowledge just it. Once, yeah, just once pass it and be like, oh, you just got to go past that thing. And like, they just, yeah, you know, yeah. don't even pretend that that is something that happened anymore. Yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah, the shows don't address it either. It's pretty ridiculous. But, well, I, w- I wanted to say, like, it, it, in complimenting what I was saying about Scott and Cassie's characters, where is the wasp in this movie? Like, Scott, it, it's one thing that, like, Scott and Hope... You know, like the Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. They barely have any scenes together. They don't have any arc together. And I guess it's because the movie's like, well, we got enough going on. The only thing that the Wasp really gets to do is like a handful of action scenes and kind of just bickering with Michelle Pfeiffer's character of like, you didn't tell me everything. And it's like, she hasn't been back that long. Relax. I mean, maybe it's been a couple of years. But like, it, it is a little bit of like a very boring story thread. It's just like, she, you know, she's at odds with her mom because her mom didn't tell her everything that happened in the quantum realm. And she's like, okay, and it, it, nothing really comes of it. It, it. It's not that relevant. It's not that important. And it just feels like the movie just does not care about the wasp at all. And I'm like, well, the wasp is one of the coolest characters. So like, what are you doing? They give, they give Hank Pym a whole thing with ants and it's cool. It's great. And you're like, well, where's that for the wasp? I'm upset. Um, I, I do actually think that maybe, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, the Wasp uh, Hope uh, were not blipped, so they would have had probably five years to get you know reacquainted with each other. No, they were they were blipped. They were blipped. Were they blipped? Because 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because oh yeah, because uh, that's the reason that's why how he gets trapped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. My bad. Like, I literally, the, the Marvel again, universe is saved Ant-Man by a rat. <laughs> sure. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Ant Man the Wasp. Uh, what well, Okay. Whatever. Um, I don't know, man. It's too much to keep track of at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're not even watching all of it. Um, yeah. Um, but in any case, I was going to say, you know, for much I was kind of knocking the right, and there is some stuff in this I think is actually kind of funny. Uh, for instance, uh, William Jackson Harper shows up in this movie. I think he actually plays a pretty fun character. Um, yeah. Uh, there's that block uh, guy. I was wrong that David Dalsmalkian is not in this. Uh, I think yeah, he... he- he he is uh, in there. It's just not his uh, character that he usually is, but uh, he right. he voices the slime creature thing. Yeah, the I, didn't, I didn't realize that before. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I and I think he was a fun addition. Like I like that stuff. I like all the little. I weird was missing Michael guys. Pena. Not having Michael Pena in this. I come on. Where is he? He's fun. I missed him. Uh, I was. I don't know. I, I guess I don't feel strongly about that character. I know but, you don't. Uh, Your heart is ice. Um, but no, William Jackson Harper was cool in this. I, I and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised that he got this role in the Marvel universe. I would have thought he would have gotten something a little bit meatier, but he has fun. Katie O'Brien, I wasn't as familiar with. You know, when I saw him, there was a part of me that was just like, okay, I guess he's not going to be in Fantastic Four. Uh, oh <laughs> yeah, what, he was he been, kind oh, of tipped to be? Yeah, he would have been perfect as Mister Fantastic. Oh, was wow. he kind of tipped to do that? Ah, uh, I think you're right, man. That. Yeah. What a what a waste! But hey, look. See, I also other I fantastic way, work, Other actors have been uh, able to bounce around the Marvel universe. So. That is true. Uh, but I was feeling that way about Peyton Reed. Like, I feel like he would be better suited for the Fantastic Four movies than whatever this was. Uh, <laughs> but I hear yeah. you. But I mean, I don't. I don't know if they're going to make another Ant Man movie. To be honest, I think they might be done after this. Um, I don't know. But. But to to your credit, there, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Fantastic Four, and it's kind of interesting how. The two high-profile actors who have played the Human Torch in a Fantastic Four movie have gone on to play far more memorable MCU characters. So that would be Chris Evans, who played the Human Torch, went on to become like the definitive Captain America, like one of the most iconic, you know, live-action superheroes of our time. And then the second Human Torch was Michael B. Jordan. And he went on to be Killmonger, you know, considered by many to be probably the best MCU villain of all time. And so yeah. it's kind of, you know, who's the next torch going to be and what will be there? You know, if it's going to be MCU, then it's like, oh, man, that's going to be yeah. more challenging. It's a good role. It's good. Yeah, good, it's like uh, a lot of people have their eyes on it, don't they? They're just like, all sure. right, well, I want a job mm-hmm. after this. So it's a it's a hot role. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan go. Majors would be like, can I do it? <laughs> hmm. Um. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I had a lot of issues with this movie, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm hating on it too. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I give it a six out of ten. It's a six out of ten movie. I'm mixed on it, but I I thought it was at least kind of entertaining. Like, it's not like I watched the movie and I was just like, this is garbage, rubbish. It's like I think people who are fans of this stuff, who are fans of Marvel movies, are gonna like it fine. But yeah, it's certainly weak. A weak step back, I think. It's a weak. Yeah, step. I mean, like I said, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I'm between like a five and a six if I were the rated. I just. I, I thought about five. That was pretty close. I don't dislike it as much as some of the other recent Marvel movies. Like I, I think I got more out of this. I had a little bit more fun with it, but I just think it gets kind of bogged down in its self seriousness after a while, and it goes against the stuff that I find endearing 
uh, about these Ant-Man movies in comparison to the you know other MCU movies of late. Uh, and I, I don't know, I feel like the other ones play to Paul Rudd's strengths, like they had him as a screenwriter or credited screenwriter. Uh, and I feel like there's probably more improv, maybe a little bit more room for him to kind of play around. And like you said, the green screen environment, maybe as long with the COVID restrictions that could have been in place for this film, didn't allow him to really have that freedom. And so, you know, I think he does, you know, make do with this role as much as he can. But I feel like it's it doesn't allow him to have those same kind of yeah. know, flighty moments that we get in the other ones. This is my least favorite, like... Rudd as Ant-Man performances like throughout like including like Captain America Civil War Endgame like I I think that what he was kind of missing like that spark like there's something really cool about how he brings the character like there is a thread that he kind of brings up where he's like I messed up and then my life happened you know And, and he's just sort of like this guy who's always been living by the seat of his pants and like wild unexpected things happen to him and he's successful because he sort of like fails into things but he he never gives up and he he has this like optimism and there's a little bit of that in this movie but it's more spoken to than i think it is like sort of demonstrated and like you don't have like an ant-man and the wasp where it's like he's he's playing he's even though he's under house arrest, he's making the best of it with Cassie and like building like a whole tunnel system for her. And then having that awkward exchange with the John Wu character, uh, like the, the FBI guy, uh, agent Wu, whatever his name was. And just like, you know, that funny improv thing that they have toward the end. And in the first movie where like, he's riffing with oh. like Michael Douglas a lot. And yeah. Well, is that what Randall Park was in before this with the MCU? He was in right before this, he was in WandaVision. Uh, he was one of the like uh, main side okay. characters in that. Um, and he then before that, Ant-Man and the Wasp. In this, and I was like, that seems like a real big waste of Randall Park. Yeah, he, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was like a... Okay, he was one I of the remember that because I don't remember Ant-Man and the Wasp. You weren't paying attention? <laughs> I don't remember this movie. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know why you, you man. think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was one of the best parts of that movie, honestly. Uh, he's very funny. Um, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think that it's kind of strange. Like, we never, we never brought back like the Lawrence Fishburne character we haven't heard from since Ant Man and the Wasp, and it's kind of like, well, I don't know. It's like that. That was my main thing in my review. Is like they didn't make. I, I think like an Ant Man movie. Like, we don't have a lot of the characters that we know already. It's just trying to be like a Marvel trailer of like, hey, the yeah. next thing's gonna be Kang, Kang, right. Kang, Kang, Kang. I'm like, okay, but I, I came for Ant Man. I came for quantum mania. Where's the mania? Uh, not, like, not much of it. Yeah, it's like Avengers 4.5 in a way, in a weird way. 4.25. It's Whatever, like, because yeah. like Civil War, yeah, it was like Avengers 2.5 famously. It was like an Avengers movie, but Captain America adjacent. Um, but like, I think that worked because I don't know, it, it, it was an important Captain America story. This one, I think any of the Avengers could have been slotted into this. It, it, it was like, oh, you couldn't just have Ant-Man. It's like, this well, could have been Spider-Man. He even gets mistaken for Spider-Man. I was kind of wondering, yeah. like, just bring Spider-Man back. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but like, I just feel like, again, this movie goes against the interest of Ant-Man. Like, it's playing against the stuff that we found likable about the character in the first place. If there was an MCU character that they should have put in this, like, Thor and Hulk style... Uh, who do you think it should have been? Uh, I mean, Ant-Man makes sense. 
Um, no, I'm saying who would be like like an Ant Man and who like to put somebody in here like with him in the quantum realm oh, instead of it's like a team up. Like if they were going to Thor Ragnarok, it you know, sure. Like my oh. first thing is like I want I want somebody that like I want to see more of certain characters that have potential, but like I don't think Shang Chi would really fit. But no, like I don't, I don't know think. who would who would play off of Ant Man pretty well. Spider Man, probably. Yeah, I Spider-Man. guess. I mean, Ant Man, Spider Man. Go into the quantum realm, <laughs> I funny. guess. They can do the pointing thing. Sure. Um, um yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone else that would really fit in here, I guess. So maybe like oh I uh, maybe like a villain. Um I do I do want to bring up a couple things, but they would spoil this movie a bit. Uh normally we would do the Rotten Tomatoes game first, but uh we'll we'll talk about Rotten Tomatoes, but we're recording this so early that we don't really have like a very solid score. Mm-hmm. So we'll still do that later. But uh did, uh, I, I want to kind of get into a couple things that are spoilery that I this is your warning. If you haven't watched the movie yet, I, we're going to give some stuff away that you don't want to hear, I think, um, oh, okay. because I wanted to talk about a certain character. And mm. so last warning, stop, go away. Spoilers. Here we go. Um, MODOK. OK, I wasn't so as soon sure as the Bill Murray character, about... which why did was why it. was Bill Murray in this? Like what? That's what that's what's so interesting to me is that like I'm kind of surprised that he's still in the movie for one given that you know he's been pretty canceled uh mm-hmm. you know given some stuff that's been going on in his uh career of late i was kind of like okay maybe he's just like so integral to the film that they couldn't recast him or whatever not even but close no, i mean yeah, not that, could they, they have recast him it would have been so, they probably could have taken so that scene out of the movie yeah and it wouldn't really have affected the film much <laughs> yeah honestly but um so aside from that, he he mentions he's like, oh, a mechanism only designed for killing. And I was like, oh, Modoc is in this. I didn't know Modoc was in it. Apparently other people knew that that was coming. But I was like, yeah, I oh, knew. shoot. Does that mean Pat Mod- Oswalt is going to be voicing Modoc and they're going to be doing it mm. because he has the Hulu show? Yes, that got canceled a while back. Yeah, but, you know, I watched some of it. It was pretty funny. Um, but sure enough, Modoc comes into the movie and... I'm kind of curious what you think of like what they did here. Cause I mentioned Corey Stoller earlier. So it turns out that like yellow jacket comes back uh, and it's, he's Modoc. He's like big face with the, and I'm, I'm of two minds of this. I'm of two heads. Uh, on the one hand, I love it. I thought that it was such a fun. I was like, yeah, cool. Like we're, we're hearkening back to the first movie. It's like you're you're playing to Corey Stoller's strengths of like hamming it up. He's a fun like secondary antagonist. A great this is a great way to do the Modoc thing in a way that actually like fits because you couldn't really get away with this in a different context for these MCU movies. And I, I think that it, it like adds some like immediate like emotional stuff to like oh it's the villain, but they can play it as comic relief. On the other hand, they don't do that much with it. Like they do a little bit, but I'm like ah uh, it's it's okay like and i feel like it's one of those things where you really have to nail it to really earn it but where where did you land were you a fan um i like the idea i didn't like the execution that's where i am okay yeah so yeah it's like they could have done a way better job with it i just didn't think the writing for it was very good like i'm not against what they're trying to do i just feel like they didn't like Corey stall is trying like i mean he's you know having fun with it and you know similar to the first movie like you know he makes a meal of it when he can but yeah i just didn't really find it engaging and then like they're trying to do some emotional stuff 
with it kind of i did like i did also, get a few laughs of like and we are in spoilers but his death scene i i, I did find that pretty funny <laughs> he's like uh, he's he like i got to be an avenger and like i thought that was fun i you liked disagreed. him spitting up i liked him spitting up uh i thought that was <laughs> yeah. kind of fun <laughs> that was a very rick and morty thing sure yeah. yeah i mean that was that was the stuff where i'm like okay i can see the jeff loveness coming in here like that yeah, yeah. scene like the william jackson harper stuff for the like the two times like i remember like oh yeah a writer for rick and morty worked on this film um but yeah i mean yeah speaking of know. stuff that got canceled wow. or people what, rick and morty? Like, not jeff loveness oh, but oh yeah. yeah yeah jeff roland yeah. justin roland uh yeah <sighs> anyway um Anywho. yeah i don't know i didn't I don't know. I didn't really pay a lot of mind to it. I just kind of thought it was whatever. Didn't really my, work. My for other me, more spoilery thing is like, okay, you're setting up that King is this big, bad, unstoppable. He gets beaten by Ant Man, and it's like I know, like he doesn't really get. And then the, the movie has to end with like, oh, okay, 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 okay. But like, it's not just one King. I mean, it's like it's thousands of like these Kangs, and like, what are you gonna do? And they, it, but like, they set him up so much where he's just like, I've killed so many Avengers. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But he lost to Ant Man, and, sure. and it's a little. It's just it was a little bit too much. I think that like, and and the movie kind of has it both ways a little bit because I'm like, oh, they're setting it up so he's going to be trapped in the quantum realm, but just wasp, and then he's separated from Cassie again. I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Like that's not something up. Inter- now nah, he just goes back home, and uh, nothing really changes. Uh, it's all kind of back to normal. It's it's kind of like what the Doctor Strange thing was too. I mean, obviously things change a lot for Wanda, but like. Stephen Strange is like, he gets the third eye. And then literally right after that, it's like, oh, but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. now he, he has a, he has a fine. He's not, a, he's got it under control. Like Marvel keeps doing this. And I'm a little yeah. bit like, Hey, like stick with your consequences. It's like ever since they got away with it with an infinity war and, and an end game, you know, and they've been like, well, it's enough that the consequences are slightly different. But ever since mm-hmm. that happened, the whole blip thing has been sort of just that a blip. Like it, 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 it hasn't really added to much. And every time they've tried to explore the implications of it, it's just sort of reversed itself and reset by the end of this sentence. So yeah, that my rant is over. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I guess that was part of the reason why I didn't really get super invested in, um, uh, Kang as a character. Cause I'm just like, okay, they're going to like defeat him, but only to an extent. And then we're going to see more of him in, uh, you know, the future Avengers movie. I just kept, you know, these movies make it impossible for me to focus on them as they are. You have to think about them three or four steps later. And I was actually kind of wondering like, okay, they're showing Michelle Pfeiffer a lot more than we have seen her in the other ones. I was kind of thinking like, is that how they're going to establish some sense of consequence or stake? Like, are they going to kill off her character? Like it, it just seemed like there was a lot with I her, really a lot with her and Kane. Sense. That was just I don't my think they would have the guts. space. Why well, was that? So I was thinking where I was just like, okay, is are they going to be risky enough to at least do that to like have some sort of consequence for what's happening here? And then no, they don't do that. So it's just like okay, so yeah, everybody's fine. Things. Only Darren's the only one who has any sort of and and also sorry, the lighthouse guy. That was kind of sad. I, I was I, I like the lighthouse guy. He was lighthouse cool. guy. Yeah, the one who shot like uh, beams of light from his face. Oh, so yeah, you clearly didn't care. You couldn't care yeah, less I, about Lighthouse guy. I don't even know yeah, his I, name, I, so I can't say. Couldn't much. care. Couldn't care less about him. Yeah, clearly. Wow. Yeah, um, I like the 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 flubber guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he got his holes, and he was pretty fun. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is coming up next. 
after watching this, I am I am like officially worried. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. It is James Gunn. You know, he he really has a hold on these characters, but I'm just worried that it, the, the movie is going to suffer from external like circumstances in ways that a lot of these Marvel movies. Because uh, I mean, look, Ryan Coogler got to make his Black Panther sequel, and sure. that movie was pretty bogged down by a lot of like things that I, I get the sense that Coogler didn't want to do. And I mean, just look at everything else. I mean, for every um, like Sam Raimi getting to you know drag Stephen Strange to hell, you also get. Black Widow and Eternals with Chloe Zhao kind of being held back. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if uh, volume three is going to really live up to, you know, that those first two guardians movies, because I think those are, those are two of my favorites of like all the Marvel movies period. And so I'm a little bit like, maybe it's a good thing. My expectations are a little bit lower. Maybe that's for the best. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see in May, but uh, based on the trailer that I saw, you know, earlier today, uh, it looks like you know visually, the the, yeah. it looks a lot more uh, accomplished than these other ones. Like it looks like they actually took the time to give these films like decent special effects. Uh, I would say the, and first, also, and the first two movies have good special effects. I mean, that's what I mean. You know, that's what I mean. But it, it yeah. didn't look like they were cheaping out on yeah. the third movie in the way that they've been cheaping out on some of these other uh, MCU movies. And I just feel like I don't know. There's there is a sense of conclusion that's going to come from that film like it's pretty obvious at this point that james gunn is moving away from marvel after that film is done you know and uh yeah and power to him i think he can do great stuff with dc and i, I trust him as a screenwriter as a director that you know i think he's not gonna you know uh you know blow it uh at least not deliberately and i just feel like you know i think marvel kind of respects that that is one of their sacred cows and, yeah. you know, they're probably going to try to, you know, maybe give that one a little bit more, uh, you know, respect. So I'm a little bit more hopeful on that one. I don't know. Like, again, I was also a little bit more hopeful for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And that one left me underwhelmed. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But all right, that'll do it then for our Ant-Man and the Wasp conversation. Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And again, this this is far from going to be like the the official thing. There already is a critics consensus because there are 167 reviews counted, but this floor is going to fluctuate a lot. They always do, but you know, uh, so out of 167 reviews, will what would you guess the Rotten Tomato score is? Because I know you, you had an indication of it already, but it might be different. Yeah. You know, it's been changing a lot. So let's see what happens. I've been spoiled on it. I, I was, I was told it is 53%. It's no longer 53%. Mm. Yeah. It's mm. changed. It's it's early. Like it's this thing this score's going up, it's going down. Who knows? Well yeah, mm. where, where do you where do you think it is now? Fifty six percent? Lower. It's fifty one. Fifty one percent. Yeah. Uh it, it's definitely like I, I don't think I'm alone. Um and uh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at some like friends of the show here and you know, obviously this movie does have its fans. Like and I I've been a little bit baffled by it and, and heartened. I'm glad people have liked it more than I did, because uh, I have a soft spot for Ant Man, as people can clearly tell. But I'm seeing some people who are just like, this movie's great. And then I'm just like, ah, I feel bad because I feel like it's one of those things where people are going to like give it a pass and sort of be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I had fun. It's good. And then they're going to reflect on it more over time and be like, yeah, it wasn't that good. I kind of got caught up in the moment. Like, that's my guess of what will happen. I hope it doesn't. But, you know, Uh, that's my sneaking suspicion. I don't know. I feel like this is going to get kind of a similar divide is like Thor Love and Thunder where I think some did people that have enjoy a divide? the time. I remember people were pretty like low on that movie pretty quick. I don't know. I mean, people are pretty low on this one pretty quick, I feel. I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I 
I don't know. I mean, for as much as this been, you know, at this point considered like the lowest rated or like the weakest reviewed MCU movie, I I think it's better than most of Phase Four. Like I said, yeah, I, mean, I would like, say I, I liked it. I liked it better than Love and Thunder overall. But I, yeah. I, there, I think like some of the highs in Love and Thunder were higher than this. Um, so that's a tough, that's a tough call actually in some respects. But I sure, I mean, know. I would take this it's, over certain movies. Eh, a few. <laughs> At this know. point, it's just kind of like, was this movie more together. or less mediocre than this other mediocre? <laughs> yeah, movie? yeah. It's like, what are we doing here? It's just, you know, like <laughs> let's just leave the frozen yogurt shop we don't like. <laughs> like, right. why are we experimenting all these flavors? Um, should I eat the banana that's two days <laughs> old, or should I eat the one that's four days old? Yeah, I was about to do a Nathan for you callback, but uh, that's probably a little bit too in the weeds. All right, uh, Letterboxd, obviously that's going to be tough too. So we, we only have 12,000 watches. It's mostly going to be people who went to advanced screenings and critics, obviously. So it's kind of, that's a tough one too, because that can be a, a, a weird audience who rates those things. But hey, you can still give it your college try because we don't have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes yet. We don't have a cinema score yet. Yeah. Uh, by the time people are listening to this, they can look it up and they can... Play, play a little sure. game with your friends and be like, hey, we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game because John and Will are busy. Uh, but okay, Will, on Letterboxd, out of five, what do you think the average rating is right now? Uh, I think the average rating, hmm, I think it's 3.2. It is lower. It's 2.9, which is our lowest in a while. I I, I don't remember the last time it was in the twos. Um, out of the people, people I follow, it's 2.8 average. People just don't give a dang, a hoot, or a hack about this movie. Yeah, heck holler. Uh, I'm seeing uh, some people be kind to it. Matt Donato, you know, three stars, sure. you know, like yeah, some people are like, yeah, a little bit less kind to the movie. <laughs> I can see right here, I, but yeah. I was going to ask you, what was your audience response? Like, not that, you know, yeah. that weighs into how you feel about the film. I won't say who it is. I see someone here. Give it five stars. Two people give it five stars. What y'all? What? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, sorry. What was your question? I was, was saying, what was your like? audience response? It was, well, it was only critics and guests. Oh, okay. So we didn't have a filled screening. Um, I'd say that like I was probably the loudest person laughing. <laughs> I was letting myself have fun. I was trying. Um, Hooting it, it was pretty muted. I'll say that. It was, That's what uh, I'm, I don't yeah. know. I mean, like I said, my, you know, not to say that my audience is every audience, but I found it pretty telling that, you know, it, the Marvel movies I've seen, even like in phase four with a crowd, you know, that has like a full audience amp to see the film. Uh, you know, they usually are like clapping at the beginning and then clapping even harder at the end and then like having clapping yeah, in the been, film. I haven't been that's... getting those at press screenings, even the ones that are filled. Uh, for I, any I, mean, I, I got that. I got that from Wakanda Forever. I definitely got that during uh, No Way Home. Uh, no Way Home for sure. I got that, that, that was in the last uh, one. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. Um, but like, mm. and I, I feel like I did in Love and Thunder too, but I don't really remember. Uh, yeah, actually I don't remember yeah, that yeah, one having this, that response, but yeah, this one, like a little like, bit, this one I found telling that, you know, like, you know, not everyone, but there were certainly like Marvel fans there. Cause like when the movie was about to start and the Marvel fanfare comes up, they're like clapping. It's like, yeah, movie's about to start Marvel stuff. And like throughout the film, they're not really laughing. Like. The, the only time I remember them clapping during the film was when Bill Murray showed up. And then, like, at the end, they didn't clap at all. It was, like, kind of, like, eerie almost. Like, it just was, like, no response. 
And I just found that really fascinating. Like they just, you know, they were all amped up when it started. And then by the end of it, they just nothing. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to mirror how people respond to this film. It seems like it is based on the reviews, but yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the, the Marvel appreciation is just starting to wane at this point. If it hasn't already. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Cause uh, yeah, uh, we don't know yet what the response is going to be, what the box office is going to be. And it, it's a long movie. It's uh, a little over two hours, two hours and five minutes, but it's not the longest, you know, in terms of like some of these Marvel movies have been like two and a half, three hours. Uh, so I do think it'll be somewhat benefited by having a more manageable runtime for people. But I don't know. I don't know if this is going to do that well, especially because the reviews haven't been great. Reviews have been pretty mixed. And I think people are going to be a little bit like, oh, do I need to see this? And so I think I, I think Kevin Feige and company are probably a little bit nervous right now. I don't know. I mean, it is interesting to me. Uh, you know, I haven't been to the movies a lot of late, but I remember like in the last few months, like every movie I'd go to, I get this Ant-Man the Wasp trailer constantly. And then like the last couple of times I've been to the movies, I just see Guardians of the Galaxy trailers, but not uh, Ant-Man. Like it's just kind well, of I, mean, fa- I feel like Marvel to release. And, uh... No, but I feel like that's when they should be like you know, hey, yeah, there's an anime yeah, movie yeah. coming up in two weeks. But no, I just feel like they're kind of just like, uh, you know, Guardians is coming up. You know, maybe you sure, should get excited sure. about that one. I will say I did watch the second trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for the first time. It's very deceptive. It, it kind of makes the movie seem like it's going to be something that it absolutely is not. Because it kind of makes it look like what happens in the movie is like Scott makes a deal with Kang to like get time back with Cassie. Where so so basically like he he'll be able to like get the time that he lost with her. The trailer cuts it in a way where it feels like he's making a deal with the devil instead of like what it is, which is sort of like he's kind of forced to do this or Cassie dies. It's not. I mean, nothing else going on there. And I thought that was kind of weird. Like it's almost like they knew that it was kind of un- uninteresting the way that they did do it. Dark do you think it's Ant-Man. that, or do you think that was maybe like what they originally had, and they just sort of changed it? I could see it, but either way, like I could see them being like, "Oh, that that could be an interesting way to do it," but they probably would have like tried to execute to be like and impose to be like, "Wow, uh, this makes Scott look really bad." Like, like it just doesn't quite fit. You know, I could easily see. I don't that. know, but, but I it's feel so like that, late in the that's... process. I feel like by the time they're doing the trailers, it's like, what? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm just saying that it's not unprecedented for Marvel to change things drastically last minute based on the green screen i mean i would expect it it's like oh yeah they changed it like in the last few days (laughs) i mean sure i don't know maybe i feel like that's more i don't know i feel it's more interesting if scott has to make a choice as opposed to he's forced to do something and then he does and then uh kang doesn't honor that deal and because then he does the stuff where he's like we had a deal and it is like really dramatic for it's like well yeah i guess but and he didn't kill your daughter, so, you know. Yeah, I just, I don't know, it just struck me as a bit weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe conspiracy theory territory, but... Uh, I wouldn't even say it's that far. I'd say it's like a you're reading the material a certain, like a way that kind of makes sense. But anyway. Yeah, we'll, maybe. We'll see you all for the next thing. What's 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 coming up after this? What, what do we have on the docket? Because I'm not going to be around, um, so uh, I don't know what you're going to do there. But uh, Cocaine Bear, is that the next big I thing? I believe it's Cocaine Bear. Um, All right, because Creed three doesn't come out for another couple weeks, right? Creed three, yeah, I forget. I think that that's March, but I, I don't remember if it's yeah. like the second week of March. Probably, I should know this. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I think Cocaine Bear because they're next doing advanced. After. 
Well, they're, they're doing like one night only screenings. I know that for Creed 3. So a lot of people yeah. are going to see it like before the official release date. But the official release date actually looks like it'll be March 3rd. So mm-hmm. I'm going to miss that. I'm not going to yeah. be back by then. Uh, you'll be back to talk about Scream 6, right? Scream 6? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't gotten an invite to that screening yet. I don't know if we're doing one. I hope so. Um, I want to scream. I believe it's March 10th. Yeah. So uh, I, I know I won't be seeing Cocaine Bear at least in theaters. But uh, I hope if you do check, I mean, I assume you're checking it out. Um, sure. I hope that, uh, you know, there's a good conversation around it. I, I'm I looking so forward to, to listening to it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. We'll see you on the next one from the Internet California. I'm John Agroni. And for Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time.